here we go. The 20th of May, 1 Samuel 18, Lamentations chapter 3, Psalm 34, and Romans 16. Now, in each of those particular passages, let me read them again. 1 Samuel 18, Lamentations 3, Psalm 34, and Romans 16. Each of those passages has their own story to tell. And, um, you know, what I, what I like to do is to go to one of those passages, read one of those passages, and then, you know, comment on them. At least we have a, have a, a, a daily Bible reading. Um, and um, as well as that, some little commentary. And I have a mind to go to the book of Lamentations today. Lamentations three. chapter 3. It's where we get that fantastic, amazing, amazing um, passage about the faithfulness of God. Um, and uh, when you look at the whole of Book of Lamentations, it's, um, I don't know, a bit depressing. I don't suppose that's the right word to use. It's a heavy chapter. Yeah, it is heavy. And... You know, there are times in, the, in history, uh, the history of Israel and Judah, the history of Great Britain, uh, the history of the world, the history of the church. There are times when everything seems amazing and great and other times when there seems to be a lot of trouble. And right now in our world, there's a lot of trouble. Um, we, I don't know what, I, I've noticed you as well as, as myself, I, I've been avoiding uh, news media, not, not that I'm totally ignoring it, but when the lockdown first happened, you know, every five minutes I was checking to see what was the latest news. Um, and that's a bit overkill, because at the end of the day, it's not, not going to change, you know, within five minutes. And if it is, you can pick it up at the at the appropriate time. But, but more recently, I've not been uh, going to the news media like, you know, so intensely, so, so persistently, but just checking things out at the right time. And that has helped in many ways because uh, you're just getting bad, bad, bad news a lot of the time. I mean, you know, there's good news and that's why obviously everybody's making a great deal about... Uh, uh, Sir Tom this yes, morning. Yes, it is Captain Sir Major Tom. That's how they oh, say Colonel it. Colonel Tom. No, that, oh. that's, that's honorary title. So you don't call him that. Sir Captain... Captain, no, Captain Sir, Sir Thomas... Thomas Tom Moore. Uh, Thomas Moore? Tom Moore. Tom? <laughs> Is that it? Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, you can tell I haven't been watching the news. But anyway, uh, that's, that is good news. And that's why we want you also to give us some good news stories. <laughs> You know, not just what you had for breakfast, or as one of our staff members, French staff members, did, did a little demonstration in 30 seconds, how to make a croissant. Ah, I wanted to see the 30-minute version, because I was, I was interested in making croissant. But I, that's all oh, that's good. Keep that, keep that up. That's human, uh, 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 social, interest, very, very good. But, you know, the good, there are good things happening. Good things, spiritual things, spiritual things are happening. Good spiritual things are happening. I want to talk a little bit about that 
uh, from, from, from this passage. But, but in Lamentations 3, amongst some of the good things, you know, we have a lot, a lot of, well, it's the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. The judgment of God on Jerusalem. It's tragic. That's why it's called Lamentations, to lament. And we do lament. I lament. Sound, not sound very cheerful on a sunny morning. But there's a lot to lament. The psalmist said, rivers of tears flow down my cheeks because your law is not obeyed. Uh, the righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. Our nation is backslidden. The church is in many ways, many are backslidden. I don't don't want to sound negative because we thank God for the life of Jesus in the church, but we need something more. We need a renewal. And I want us to pray this morning very strongly into this. Uh, Okay, so let's start. um, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. Jeremiah lamenting after the fall of Jerusalem. I am a man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He's made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. (laughs) Wow. All right. So here Jeremiah is taking it personally because he is going through the experience himself. Jeremiah was at least innocent in all of this. He proclaimed the word of the Lord. He said, unless you repent, God is going to do to Jerusalem what he did to Samaria. And don't think that your holy temple is going to protect you, Jerusalem. Don't think that. Because there is no building or ritual or religious icon or anything that is a talisman to protect you from what will come to you if you walk in disobedience. And so it is tragic. Now, why I want to go into this with you this morning is because Jeremiah was an intercessor. He was not just a prophet. In fact, every true prophet is also an intercessor. Personally, though I'm not calling myself a prophet, I wouldn't wish to have that as a title. I don't physically like any titles anyway, but, but the, the times when I've had prophetic words and revelation, I've shared uh, m- more with Amanda than with, with any of you. Many of those words are not for public um, consumption. Many of them are not for publication. Many of them are not for sharing, they're for interceding. And so uh, people who receive a prophetic word and they pass it on, in a harsh kind of a way, 
uh, people who borrow from Jeremiah, I would say steal from Jeremiah and steal from the book of Revelation and, and pour oaths and curses and, uh, and, try and interpret the signs of the times and saying this coronavirus is there uh, because Britain is sinful and the world is sinful and, 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 and you know, when it, when it comes to that, we have to be very, very careful. Everything that is broken about our world demonstrates that God is, is unhappy with us uh, human beings, but his mercy and his grace continues. And, and, and so how do, we, how do we move from being in a time of uh, displeasure where God is showing that he's not happy with what, what's going on? And, and the consequences of that come, despite, you know, years and years, maybe even decades of warning. How do we move from that into, well, it's going to be okay? How do we move from this time of lamentation, where we're experiencing the hand of God heavy on us? How do we go from there into the verse that we're about to read? And, and it is intercession, friends, amongst other things, intercession. When we stand in the gap and intercede. So uh, uh, many people who have insight use insight as a means of bringing condemnation, of, of kind of puffing themselves up a bit and doing the tut-tut syndrome, you know. Oh, tut-tut-tut-tut-tut, look at those terrible people. Oh, tut-tut-tut-tut, all that. That is not, no tut-tut-tut here today. It's not tat-tat-tat, it's pray, pray, pray. We come to God, we pray, we stand in the gap, we intercede on behalf of the land, we intercede on behalf of the church, we intercede on behalf of the lost, and, and we do that from a point of view of feeling, identification, identification. What, what, is, what do I mean by that? It means that, it's, I spoke on Sunday on empathy, it's it's beyond empathy. It's identifying with the need and the, per the people in the need to the point where you actually feel it. You feel it and, and, you, and you turn to intercession. I mean, there are times when you are moving in deep intercession, you will feel the emotions that the person you are praying for is going through. You will feel their grief. You will feel the emotions of the Lord. You will feel the lament of God. You will feel the, the, the heart of God, the broken heart of God. You will feel that. And, and you will weep before God and you will lament. lament. Lamenting is a spiritual thing. I'm not talking about, you know, just being miserable or, or, or wailing and complaining uh, in pain and agony and brokenness. True brokenness is, is that which brings you to Christ. True brokenness is not doing yourself down. It's not self-loathing um, or, or mere lamenting, mere mourning about everything and saying everything, saying how terrible everything is. No, this is, these are the moaners. They are the complainers. But the lamenters, the lamenters are the intercessors who allow the Holy Spirit to bring them into a spirit of travail so that sometimes you will pray with groaning so deep, too deep for words. 
And some people say that is the too deep for words is tongues. I could be, but I, I think when it says too deep with, for words, there are times when not even the gift of tongues will give you a relief and expression to the intercessory burden that God has given you. Only the Holy Spirit is a deep sighing, a deep groaning. And this is what, this is what Jeremiah is going through. And I want to say, are you ready today? People of God. Now, you people who are with us uh, uh, these mornings, many people watch later, and it's, this is put up on, on the uh, KTTV on demand. It's put up later to maybe you're watching it later. But, but we need people who are prepared to allow their laughter to be turned to mourning, to allow their joy to be turned to tears. Why? Because of lamenting, spiritual lamentation. And, and as Jeremiah is pouring out his heart, he is speaking as if he himself is going through it. Why? Because he is going through it. I don't, at the moment, have the, I'll look it up maybe, but I, I don't have the historical knowledge that I can recall right here and now exactly where this was. It, 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 but the impression is that Jeremiah is sitting amongst the ruins of Jerusalem. And his, his, his heart is broken. I warned them about this. I said, you, if you turn to the Lord, this wouldn't happen. I told you if you didn't, it, is, it was going to happen. And look at it. He didn't take delight. He didn't say, oh, <laughs> I told you so. I am a real prophet. From now onwards, call me prophet, Jeremiah. <laughs> I am right. I told you. That's what some prophets do. They delight when their word comes true, if, even if it's a bad word. No, but this, this guy, no, he is weeping. Anyway, he's interceding, he's interceding. And we're going to go, oh, 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 look at this. Verse 13, he drove into my kidneys the arrow of his quiver. I've become a laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He's filled me with bitterness, he's sated me with wormwood. How many know that... Sometimes it's not that easy to be a Christian if you're going to stand for Christ. All right. Now, okay, a lot of this is Old Testament. Well, it's all Old Testament, but a lot of this uh, uh, thinking is Old Testament thinking. And we're going to bring it into New Testament very, very quickly because Jeremiah, who is called the weeping prophet, is a picture of the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, Jesus himself, who went right there into this cup of bitterness. He drank the whole lot so that we could be free, so that we could rejoice. Amen and amen. amen. However, even Jesus says, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is a spiritual lamenting. And, 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 and which, which, which can cause a, a river of intercession to flow. And so anyway, let's move quickly, if I can get there. And so it comes now, verse 22, here's the breakthrough. Now, all intercessors will know that you will go through this time of mourning and of, of, of grief and of, of travail, and then there's a breakthrough, and when there's a breakthrough, it's as if the prayer has been uh, answered, uh, answered, the boil has lanced, the, 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 the river has broken its banks, and, uh, and, the, and the dry plains are being filled with refreshing water. And here it is, verse 22. And after that big build-up, I'm sure you're happy to hear this. Verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. 
Great is your faithfulness. Amen and amen. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Oh, 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 how wonderful. And you know, this joy is so great because we went through the lamenting. Everybody thinks, oh, joy, joy, joy is my portion. In my early morning prayer time this morning, I was talking about strength. Uh, these words came to me. I was talking to the Lord about strength that comes from Joy, purpose, and plan. That's those my intercession. Joy coming from strength, or the strength coming from joy, rather, and God's purpose. You see, there's no real joy without God's purpose. A lot of people rejoice in all kinds of things, but, but, but real joy is joy of the Lord and joy in the Lord. And we, when we have gone through this time of lamenting and get into the time of joy, we realize that that kind of joy is, we, it, it, we're not entitled to it. You know, so I'm a Christian, I'm entitled to be happy, that's what Jesus exists for, to make me happy. No, he doesn't. If anything, it's the other way around. We exist for his pleasure. We exist for his purpose. We exist for his joy. However, when you are prepared to go through the serious business of repentance, lamentation, intercession, intercession, travail, then when the joy comes, boy, it's amazing. It's exactly like a woman who goes through pregnancy and childbirth the joy after that is so much more intense because the pain is gone, the mourning is gone, and it's the season of joy and rejoicing. And so I'm inviting you to join us in, the, in this time, in this season, into a time of lamentation, intercession, and then we're going to experience this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never, never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I believe, friends, that God is preparing our hearts that we might enter more deeply into an experience of intercession and be persistent about it. Not everybody will come with us. They won't because a lot of Christians are still immature in these things. They think that every day they should feel good. But when we allow the true travail of the Spirit of God to bring us to that place, when this happens, it's almost, it's, it's like a tiny, 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 
tiny Gethsemane. Tiny, tiny Gethsemane. It's like you, you don't want to go there. It's like you just want to withdraw. Because to go through this is agony. But Jesus went there. He went there. And the Spirit goes there because the Spirit intercedes for us with the groaning and travailing. It's the same groaning and travailing that is in, is in the old creation, waiting for the renewal that is to come. And so every time we go through a period of lamenting and mourning and, and travail, every time, do you know what happens? Something new comes forth. The renewal. And I believe, dear friends, the renewal of the Holy Spirit that is bringing to us, Kensington Temple, London City Church, to churches across London, to churches across Britain. And I believe it. God wants this move to, to go right around the world. I'm not saying we've got it. I'm not saying we're it. I'm not saying we're gonna, it's going to originate with us. I'm just picking up what I believe the Spirit of God is saying. And, and I believe if we move into this time of travail and intercession, great things are going to happen. We're going to, be, we're going to see the rejoicing. In a couple of Sundays' time, it is Pentecost Sunday, and that's when I'm going to really, really miss being with you guys physically. But we will do what we can do and pray the Holy Spirit will bring this fresh renewal into our hearts and lives. So would you pray very seriously? Would you join me? In prayer, very, very seriously. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just join, join in with me. I don't have the advantage of, of hearing you or hearing your response right now. And you can't hear anybody else apart from me and Amanda and you. But I'm going to trust that you are really wanting to enter in. So I'm going to try and lead you, as the Spirit enables me, lead you into a prayer which puts into some kind of words what I've been trying to share with you today. Great is your faithfulness, your mercy, and your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness, your mercy. And your goodness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we lay hold of you as the God who is faithful. You never change. You never vary. You remain always at the zenith, the full height of the noonday sun, shining in brightness and intensity, full brightness, and full intensity shining down your goodness, your love, 
and your faithfulness to us. Even when we are not faithful, you are faithful. And we are ashamed of how so easily our hearts grow cold towards you. Our minds become so preoccupied that we can so easily be distracted from you. That the intensity of the glory of your name is not always paramount in our hearts and central to our focus and therefore our lives sometimes revolve around things which are not to your glory. We ask that you would stir up Stir up our hearts. We pray, Father, that you would give us the ability to turn away from the superficiality of so much that occupies us. The triviality of so much that we have falsely called spirituality. And that you would draw our hearts back to you in a new way, in a fresh way. Pour out a spirit of repentance, not a spirit of legalism, not a spirit of condemnation, not a spirit of judgmentalism, but a spirit of mercy and faithfulness and grace. You still have more grace for us, Lord. Thank you. And though we might at times feel that we are like Jeremiah sitting in the ruins of a city resting under the judgment of God. Nevertheless, we re recall that you are the God of faithfulness. Will you have mercy upon us? Will you forgive us? Will you take us forward in your purposes? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. amen.